your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 351 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And you know, guys, it really is crazy to think that as recently as two weeks ago, the Rangers were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. We were all pretty excited, thinking that maybe the Rangers might even be able to fight their way into the playoffs. I mean, they were somewhat within striking distance. You know, two weeks to the day, I was actually at Madison Square Garden watching the Rangers beat the Sabres, and on that day, the Bruins happened to lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Rangers, at the end of that day, just four points behind the Boston Bruins, just five points behind the New York Islanders. It was still going to be tough. It was still going to be an uphill battle. The odds were still against the Rangers fighting their way into the postseason, but it was definitely possible, and especially given the fact that We knew the Rangers still had two more games against the Islanders and two more games against the Bruins. But of course, everything that's happened since then became very obvious the Rangers were not going to be going to the playoffs, and basically the entire franchise just flipped upside down, everything with Tom Wilson, and then of course the firings of Jeff Gorton and of John Davidson. I don't think anybody really saw that coming, but... For what it's worth, the Rangers finished the regular season in fifth place in the Eastern Division. That win over the Bruins 5-4 to four yesterday clinched fifth place for the Rangers. You can tell me how much that matters to you or how much how little that matters to you, but the Rangers uh, finished the season with a record of 27-23-6. That is good for 60 points. So, yeah, very much a roller coaster up and down season. And really, uh, before I kind of dive into, we're going to talk a little bit about the game yesterday against the Bruins just because, uh, you know, it's our last chance to talk about uh, the result of a Ranger game for several months now. And it was very nice to see the Rangers end the season on a winning streak. But really, I can't go a second further without thanking you guys so much for uh, just being on this roller coaster with me. Like we said, a lot of ups and downs this season, a lot of basically just chaos behind the scenes, everything with Tony D'Angelo, everything with Artemi Panarin and the hit piece, uh, the entire coaching staff going on the COVID list, the firings of Jeff Gordon and JD, everything with Tom Wilson, and God only knows what's about to happen next. Uh, This episode, for what it's worth, also is being recorded on Sunday morning, so going to go live uh, later tonight going into Monday, but... Yeah, I mean, if there's any breaking news, it won't be covered in this episode. I mean, who knows? Anything could happen with the Rangers at this point. By the time that anybody hears this episode, I, I expect five or six different, you know, monumental announcements to be made by the Rangers. But be that as it may, it was really nice to see the Rangers conclude their regular season with a victory over the Boston Bruins. They hold them off 5-4 to four in Boston yesterday. And... You know, again, for all the chaos that we went through this season, I don't think that anybody wanted to see the Rangers finish their campaign with six straight losses because there were a lot of positives. We saw some career seasons out of a lot of guys, a lot of the young kids kind of coming along nicely. And I will still say what I've been saying all along. I do believe that this rebuild is ahead of schedule, and I just think it's unfortunate that John Davidson and Jeff Gordon both basically had the rug pulled out from underneath them while this rebuild was happening. I feel like pretty much anybody involved in the Ranger rebuild, whether it's David Quinn, whether it's John Davidson, whether it's Jeff Gordon, I think all these guys deserved at least one more season. And that's something that I've kind of been talking about on here because David Quinn has kind of split the fan base in some ways. I think maybe 
uh, slightly more people for David Quinn rather than against him. But there is a vocal, uh, I wouldn't even say minority because that makes it sound like it's just, you know, a small amount. I think there's a decent amount of Ranger fans who kind of wish that somebody else was the coach. But again, you know, to me, a team is the sum of its parts. And when you look up and down this roster, just about every player on the roster either met expectations or exceeded them. To me, that's a sign of a well-constructed team, which, you know, the credit there goes to JD and Jeff Gorton. And it's also the sign of a coach who is getting the absolute most out of his players. And in that case, of course, the credit goes to David Quinn and his coaching staff. So I was very much of the belief that all three of these guys could, should, and would get at least one more season at the helm for the Rangers, you know, and just kind of see what happens next year. I think the Rangers obviously went through a lot this year. They competed in a very difficult division. There's still divisions in this league that the Rangers might be going to the playoffs or would be going to the playoffs rather if they played in a different division. And the Rangers hung in there all season. I think it's a team that really tended to respond well after losses. I mean, obviously this last little stretch of the season notwithstanding. But to me, I, I do think all three of these men deserve the chance to be back next season. And then if we get to the end of next season and the Rangers don't make the playoffs and they're eight points out of the playoffs or they're 10 points out of the playoffs or they're 12 points out of the playoffs, then that's where I think we could start having this conversation. Okay, is this rebuild going as well as we think? Is Jeff Gordon the right man for the job? Is John Davidson the right man for the job? Is David Quinn the right man for the job? But I think all three of these individuals deserve the chance to kind of see this thing through for at least one more season. And if things aren't where... Everybody thinks they should be, and and you know maybe the Rangers underachieve next season. Then you can have that conversation and maybe move on and look to go in a different direction. But as of now, you know, again, I just I can't get on board with with the dismissal of either JD or Jeff Gordon. But you know, it's obviously something we're going to be talking a lot about in the offseason. There's so many layers to this. I feel like we haven't really heard the whole story as far as why both men were fired. Uh, we'll see what other information comes out in the coming days and weeks. As for David Quinn, I mean, his future very much up in the air right now. It could go either way. Chris Jury, the new general manager, and. And James Dolan has basically put the onus on Chris Jury as far as whether or not David Quinn's going to be back next season. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I think I'll say the same thing for Quinn that I said for, you know, Jeff and JD is that I think he deserves at least one more season. And if I'm David Quinn, I'm going to Jury, I'm going to Dolan, and I'm saying exactly that. I'm saying, give me one more season. Give me one more year with this group. Let's see what we can do. I really think we're on the verge of a breakup because I think that's true. I think the Rangers really are ready to take that next step next season. And of course, you know, they could stand to add a little bit of grit, a little bit of toughness in the offseason. We'll see what the Rangers look to do. They might make some trades. Obviously, you've got an owner that's getting impatient. Maybe that forces Chris Jury's hand. Maybe the Rangers are wheeling and dealing the entire offseason and kind of, uh, you know, shaking up the team a little bit. But we'll see. We're just getting started. Like I said, that's we're, we'll get into all that stuff you know, a little bit more today, but that's mostly for the offseason. For the rest of today's episode, I want to kind of just bask in the glow of what was a really nice Ranger win to close out the season here. Obviously, we wish there was more on the line. We wish the Rangers were gearing up for the playoffs right now, but it was really nice to see them uh, you know, kind of battle yesterday. A wild third period, and obviously the Rangers had to hold off the Bruins late. They did that, and they come away with just a pretty crazy 5-4 to four win. So going to be getting into all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. 
To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. You know, a lot of people like to throw around the term meaningless game, and I definitely get where the term comes from because obviously it's used when a team is no longer in contention to make the playoffs and people will say, oh, well, it's a meaningless game. To me, no game is ever meaningless, and I think anybody who watched this game between the Rangers and Bruins yesterday, do you think the Rangers thought it was meaningless? I don't think so. They certainly, like I talked about a minute ago, did not want to end their season with six consecutive losses, and... When you look at the looks on the faces of these players when this game ended and the Rangers held on for the 5-4 to four win because, you know, the Bruins got a late goal, knocked it down to 5-4 to four with a minute and change remaining, and the Rangers uh, held them out the rest of the way, hung on for the victory. When you look at some of the reaction of some of these guys on the bench, the camera was focused on, I believe you had Mika, you had Buchnevich, you had, I think, Kevin Rooney was in there. Uh, they were very, very happy to get this win. I think it meant a lot to them. And look, I don't know how much one win or one loss at the very end of the season when playoffs are impossible. I don't know how much, how far that's going to go as far as helping David Quinn's cause to remain with the team. But one thing is for sure, it definitely can't hurt. I thought the Rangers really turned in a spirited effort yesterday against a very good team in their building and a team that, look, this was not a preseason game for the Bruins. They're not just killing time and waiting around for the playoffs to start. This was an important game for the Bruins. The top four in the division, very, very tight right now, and the Bruins can move up or down a couple of spots. Home ice advantage, definitely still a possibility for the Bruins coming into play. But the bottom line, it's a long way of saying that this was not a meaningless game for the Bruins. They didn't just phone it in, and the Rangers didn't just win because of that. The Bruins were trying to win this game. They did everything they could, and the Rangers came out with the victory. They came out the better team on this day. Just an excellent third period, but just a really fun win for the Rangers. And just to kind of run through the lineup really quick here, Capo Caca was held out as a precautionary measure. I think that's fine. I mean, it is the last game of the regular season. Obviously, playoffs are not on the line. As much as you want to win this game and end your season with uh, a victory over a quality opponent, there's no reason to force somebody under the ice if they're not 100%. So Kapokako was held out, as was Brennan Smith. Brennan Smith dealing with a lower body injury. Pavel Buchnevich was back from his one-game suspension. And Justin Richards becoming the seventh and final New York Ranger to make his NHL debut this season. Just for some quick background on Justin Richards, 23 years old. He had a pretty nice season for himself with the Hartford Wolfpack. He skated in 20 games there, had four goals and seven assists, and known as kind of a defensive forward in college. Richards played his college hockey at the University of Minnesota Duluth, spent three seasons there, played 120 games, scored 26 goals, dished out 40 assists, went undrafted, but signed his two-year entry-level deal with the New York Rangers in 2020. And of course, in this game, he picks up the first point of his NHL career. Philip Heedle won a faceoff, and then Richards came in from the left wing and kind of just moved the puck back to Keandre Miller, and Keandre Miller took care of the rest, uh, just letting the shot go through traffic. It gets through basically just a sea of bodies. Tuka Rast never even flinched. I don't think he possibly could have seen this puck. It got past him, and just like that, Keandre Miller with his fifth goal of the season, Justin Richards with his first career NHL point, so big congratulations to him. Obviously, uh, just getting to play in this one game at the end of the season for the Rangers, but somebody who could be in the mix next season, I mean, I would imagine he's probably a long shot to make the opening night roster but it was nice to see him uh, get the first game of his NHL career under his belt, as well as the first point of his NHL career under his belt. And we'll 
obviously continue to track his progress in the seasons to come here. And something else that I thought was definitely noteworthy from yesterday's game is the fact that Keith Kincaid finally got back into a game. He's been kind of the Ranger third string goalie this season, but I think all things considered, when you look at where his career was when the Rangers signed him, and just the fact that he's the third string goalie on your team, I think Ranger fans have to be more than happy with what they got from Keith Kincaid this season. I mean, he could even be a candidate to be picked up by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. We will see how that goes. I would imagine the Rangers would expose Kincaid rather than Alex Georgiev. Uh, they pretty much have to do that, I would think, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how they look to play it. This was Kincaid's first game since March 28th, and for a guy that, uh, you know, hadn't played any hockey in more than a month, he looked pretty sharp out there. Looked like somebody who was determined to make sure he stays in the NHL next season, whether that's with the Rangers, whether that's with some other team. Uh, you know, he's obviously had to scratch and claw and fight his way back to get something of a prominent role with a team because his career was really on the fritz uh, up until this season where he's kind of reestablished himself, at least as a steady number two guy. But, you know, I, I think it's a nice thing that the Rangers did for him. Obviously, he hadn't played in a really long time, and of course, the Rangers aren't going to be making the playoffs, so I think it only makes sense at the end of the season here to give him one more start, just kind of reward him for what was a pretty nice season. He did a heck of a job. He seemed to get hurt in the second period. You know, he gave up a goal. Uh, it was scored by Nick Ritchie. The Puck just took a bad bounce off the boards, came back in front, and Richie scored from the doorstep. But Kincaid really kind of pushed hard over to his right, trying to fully extend his pad and keep the puck out. He wasn't able to do it, but it looked like he kind of tweaked something. You know, he kind of stayed down for a little bit of extra time. A couple of the Rangers went over there and checked on him, and he ultimately stayed in the game. But then in the third period, he is trying to make a save, and I think the shot went wide, but again, just kind of seemed shaken up on the play and had to come out of the game. So he played the first 48 minutes and 50 seconds, made 28 saves on 30 shots. Really just a fantastic effort by Keith Kincaid there. And then Igor Shesterkin came in for the rest of the game, made seven saves on nine shots, and actually uh, poached the victory there from Kincaid. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, really nice job by Kincaid and a really nice season for Igor Shesterkin as well. I don't think anything we saw from Igor Shesterkin this season would convince any of us that he is not the goaltender of the future. I think that's one situation. You know, the Rangers, they might make some moves this offseason. Uh, we'll see how they look to play it. Obviously, as we talked about, the owners starting to get impatient. There could be some players traded that we don't see coming, but I think Igor Shesterkin, one of the few Rangers, maybe not few, but one of just a handful of Rangers, let's say, that uh, his place is certainly secure, and he's entrenched as the goalie of the future here. Rangers obviously have a lot of eggs in the Igor Shesterkin basket, and uh, I think that he's as good of a bet to be a, a strong goalie in this league as any young goalie in hockey, so... We'll see what happens. Hopefully there's uh, some all-star games, some Vesnas, and of course the big one, some Stanley Cups in Igor Shesterkin's future. But nice to see him come in off the bench here and, uh, you know, hold down the fort, allow the Rangers to hang on for the victory here. I don't think he was expecting to play in this game. I think that pretty much goes without saying. But Igor Shesterkin making a rare relief appearance and actually ending up getting the victory here. So uh, nice job by Igor helping the Rangers hang on for this win, a down-to-the-wire win against the Boston Bruins here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. So we talked about Justin Richards just a second ago, and I just wanted to mention real quick, just run through the line combinations really quick here. He was on the third line, but the top line, you had Zibanejad centering Lafreniere and Buchnevich. Then you had Strom centering Krasov and Blackwell. Then you had Heedle centering Morgan Barron and Justin Richards. And then finally, the fourth line, Kevin Rooney centering Tim Gettinger and Philip DiGiuseppe. As for the defense pairings, Keandre Miller out there with Adam Fox. Libor Hayek was out there with Zach Jones and Anthony Boteto out there with Tarmo Reunanen. So... Yeah, I mean, Richards, you know, we talked about the assist already. There was a play in the first period that kind of stood out. And again, it's just a little thing, but you could tell he had a little extra gas in his tank in this game. You know, somebody who obviously is making his NHL debut. I'm sure the adrenaline is through the roof. I'm sure he's looking to make a strong impression on his teammates and the front office and the coaching staff. And there was a play, again, a very simple play, a play that flies under the radar a little bit, but it really impressed me. So... He's in on the forecheck, and he's basically all alone. I mean, you look at the uh, the camera angle here, and you couldn't see any other Rangers in the picture. But basically, he just puts all kinds of pressure on the Bruin that had the puck. He had him pinned up against the boards for a second. Uh, eventually, he ended up getting some help, and the Rangers were able to keep the puck in the Bruins zone for a pretty sustained amount of time there, probably an extra 20 or 25 seconds if I had to guess. And again, it didn't lead to any A-plus scoring opportunities. It didn't even lead to any shots on goal or shots of any kind, actually. But the bottom line is the Rangers ended up, uh, you know, getting at least a little bit of pressure there on the Bruins, all because Justin Richards was in there uh, working very hard on the forecheck and uh, trying to get the puck away from the Bruins, which eventually the Rangers indeed did and, you know, got a little bit of a sustained offensive zone possession there. So just a nice play by Justin Richards. Again, it's not going to make any Hall of Fame highlight reel or anything like that, but nice to see him asserting himself there in his first period of NHL hockey. And then as for the rest of this game, we got to dive into the third period because it was just absolutely crazy. So it goes into the third period. Rangers are tied with the Bruins 1-1. One one. 21 seconds into the third, Kincaid vacates the net to play the puck, and he moves it along the boards, and I don't know where Pavel Buchnevich was trying to play this puck to. Uh, just an awful giveaway. He kind of made like a behind-the-back pass from behind the goal line just into the center of the ice, which obviously you don't want to do that. I mean, it's such a high-risk, low-reward play, even if you complete that pass. I mean, what have you really gained there? But the Bruins take advantage. They take the puck away. They score from the doorstep. David Pasternak beating Kincaid, and they take a 2-1 to lead just 21 seconds into the third period. And this is where the Rangers could have just mailed it in and said, you know what, uh, this has been a rough end of the season. We've been through a lot. Let's just feel sorry for ourselves. Let's give up. But the Rangers don't do that. Just a couple of minutes later, about five minutes later, Mika Zibanejad, he ties the game at two goals apiece. Just some absolutely unreal passing on this play. Strom up the left wing. He passes to Fox. Fox immediately passes from the center of the ice back to Ryan Strom. Strom moves the puck to his right over to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich is in the right faceoff circle, and Buchnevich immediately passes to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad's moving in. He's on kind of the edge of the left faceoff circle. He's got all of his momentum going toward the net. Tuka Rask at this point has already overcommitted to Pavel Buchnevich, and Zibanejad has a pretty much wide open net, and he's not going to miss from there. He buries it. And as you're watching this play develop, it's one of those goals 
that kind of has the look and feel of, okay, one pass too many. You know, somebody's just got to shoot the puck at a certain point here. And to an extent, I think that's true. But something that I've always said, because a lot of times, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, one pass too many, one pass too many. They got to let the puck rip. And I've said that on here before, too. Sometimes I think the Rangers do need to just fire the puck at the net and just see what happens. But in this case, when you do indeed complete that supposed one extra pass, a lot of times it's going to be such an easy goal as it was here because, you know, there have already been three passes. So by now, Tuka Rask, you know, he's moving all over his crease. He's trying to take away the shot. He's already big time overcommitted to Pavel Buchnevich. I mean, he's certain that Pavel Buchnevich is going to take this shot here. Instead, Buchnevich passes and Zibanejad gets the puck and Rask at this point has already overcommitted to Buchnevich. He has absolutely no chance whatsoever to get back in position and stop this goal from Mika Zibanejad. So, you know, again, it, it reeks of one pass too many, but then when you see the play executed and you see it pan out the way that it does, it's like, yeah, you know, that extra pass, it might have gotten them the goal there. And indeed it did in this case. And then Alexi Lafreniere scores a couple minutes after this. In fact, I think just about two minutes after this and gives the Rangers what turned out to be a game-long lead at this point. And really just a fantastic play. The Rangers break out of their zone. Tarmo Reunion up into the neutral zone. He passes ahead to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich goes up the right boards. Pass to Mika. Mika leaves the puck for Pavel Buchnevich. And Mika did a fantastic job of staying onside on this play. He stuck his right leg back and kind of just dragged his skate along the ice. Kept the play onside. And then... Buchnevich with a backhand pass to his left. He's along the boards to his left to Anthony Batetto. Batetto kind of turns a little bit, like a quarter turn to his left to kind of get the puck to his forehand, moves the puck across the ice to Alexi Lafreniere. Now Lafreniere's got a clear path to the net here, and he's got the puck on his forehand, but he pulls it to his backhand. He's, of course, a lefty shot, and he basically just uh, flips a backhand shot over to Karast into the net and goes flying as he makes this happen. Lafreniere is going to be a fantastic player in this league. It was really nice to see him come on strong at the end of the season here. Obviously, he got off to a rough start. I think that was to be expected. When you factor in everything, and we're going to talk about Lafreniere in a lot more detail in future episodes, but when you factor in everything that was basically, and I'm not making excuses here, I am literally just stating facts. There were a lot of things working against Alexi Lafreniere this season. First of all, think about all the turmoil that the Rangers had this season, and you're an 18-year-old slash 19-year-old dealing with this. I believe he turned 19 as the season was uh, progressing there. So you've got all the, the turmoil with, you know, Tony D'Angelo and everything with Artemi Panarin, and again, I'm not making excuses, but this was a very tumultuous season for the New York Rangers. It's a lot to absorb when you're 18 or 19 years old, and then you also have to Remember the fact that Alexi Lafreniere did not play in a hockey game of any kind for 10 months because he was, of course, in the QMJHL. Their season was paused like every other season was paused, and they never really uh, got going again. So he didn't play any hockey. And then the Rangers didn't have any preseason games. You know, there was no preseason for the NHL this season. I think that hurt the team as a whole, and I'm sure it didn't do him any favors, having not, again, played any hockey in 10 months. The Rangers didn't have as long of a training camp as usual, and I realize that's true of every team, but... You're dealing with a young team and a very young player. I'm sure Alexi Lafreniere could have benefited a lot from both training camp and preseason games. And of course, he was moved all up and down the lineup, but spent most of the season on the third line. So Lafreniere concludes the season with 12 goals and 9 assists for 21 points in 56 games. He was one of only three Rangers to play in all 56 games this season. And look, obviously he got off to a tough start. It felt like we were waiting forever to get that first goal, that first point. He scores in overtime against the Buffalo Sabres to finally break through a little bit there. But it was obviously really nice to see him finish strong in his last nine games with the Rangers. He had four goals and three assists, so I still think the sky is the limit for Alexi Lafreniere, and I'm very curious to see how the Rangers are going to deploy him next season. I get the feeling he's going to be in a top-six role. Uh, maybe you leave him on that top line with Mika Zibanejad and Pavel Buchnevich. It seems like him and Mika really found some nice chemistry as this season progressed and as Lafreniere became a little bit more of a fixture on that top line there. But we'll see how the Rangers look to play it. Again, I am not at all even the slightest bit panicked about Alexi Lafreniere. 
Did I expect more points this season? Sure, I did. But again, somebody who we just listed all the factors. He had a lot of things working against him this season and somebody who progressively got better as the season continued. So yeah, not worried at all about Alexi Lafreniere. Definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do in his sophomore season as a New York Ranger. And then to kind of just continue this period-long theme of the Rangers' young players coming through, we had a puck moved around the boards, and then Ryan Strom plays the puck in front. Vitaly Krasov just winds back, cranks it home, gives the Rangers the 4-2 to lead, and Zach Jones collecting an assist on this play. Zach Jones very quietly with four assists in just 10 games as a New York Ranger. So that's obviously nice to see. Nice to see Ryan Strom uh, kind of assert himself behind the net here, win the battle for a 50-50 puck, and of course it leads right to a goal for the Rangers. Vitaly Krasov, like we said, just has a howitzer of a shot, winds back, cranks it, puts it past two Karras. Rangers go up 4-2 at that point. The Bruins do get one back with about six minutes remaining to cut the Ranger lead to 4-3, but then the Rangers make the Bruins pay for a turnover. Bruins trying to get the puck out of their own zone. Takes a funky bounce off the boards to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich immediately centers to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad just lets it fly from the high slot area and scores to make it 5-3 with about a minute and 53 seconds remaining. And... The Bruins ended up scoring another goal just a couple of seconds after this, but the Rangers hang on for the 5-4 lead. So Mika Zibanejad with the 24th goal of his season, the game-winning goal, the final goal of the New York Rangers season, and couldn't happen to a better person. Obviously, he really got off to a rough start this season, and I think at this point, when you look at the first half of the Mika Zibanejad season compared to the second half of Mika Zibanejad season, I think it's pretty obvious that this guy, in one way or another, was affected by his bout with COVID. And again, the second half of the year, looking like the Mika Zibanejad that we all know and love. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with Mika going forward. He is, of course, entering the final season of his contract. So if you're the Rangers, if I'm the Rangers, I'm sitting down with Mika Zibanejad and I'm trying to figure out if maybe we can get some kind of an extension done. I don't know if that's really in the cards. I mean, you're going to have to pay for Mika Zibanejad if you want to keep him in the fold long term. But now might be the time to do it if you're the Rangers because, again, you know, he did get off to that slow start and his numbers are a little bit down as a result of that. Maybe Mika Zibanejad can be had for 7 or $8 million a year going forward. I don't know how you guys would feel about that. I mean, he still is a fairly young player, only 28 years old. So... You guys let me know how you feel. Do you want to keep Mika Zibanejad in the fold or not? But either way, uh, again, just fantastic to see Mika Zibanejad return to form in the second half of the season here. It was obviously a lot of fun to see. That wasn't a lot of fun watching him struggle in the first half of the season. And I think, again, at this point, it's pretty obvious that COVID had something to do with that. But... Yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. I know I went pretty uh, heavy on the play-by-play detail here, but you know what? The Rangers really needed a win. I think as a fan base, we needed a win. And of course, it's the last time that we're going to see live Ranger hockey for several months, but we are not done on Lockdown New York Rangers. We're going to be continuing to cover this team going forward in the days, weeks, and months to follow. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with David Quinn. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with Chris Drury, whether or not he's going to take this team in a new direction or whether he's just going to kind of stay the course. Uh, will the Rangers go all in for Jack Eichel? Will the Rangers look to add more toughness, more grit to this roster next season? A lot of questions. A lot of New York Rangers with their futures up in the air. And again, we will cover it day in and day out here on the Lockdown New York Ranger podcast. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. I think I might root for the Minnesota Wild this this postseason. The fact that they have Matt Zuccarello and Cam Talbot, that's all I need. I'm certainly not going to be rooting for a lot of teams in the Eastern Division, as I'm sure a lot of you will not be either. But like I said, that's going to pretty much do it for today. And once again, thank you guys so, so much for listening to the Lockdown New York Ranger podcast this season, being on this wild roller coaster with me. And like I said, don't go anywhere. We're going to continue to cover this team in the offseason. But that will do it for today. Hey guys, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.